Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. So I picked up a pen and a page And I started writing just what I'd say If we were face to face I'd tell you just what you mean to me Tell you these simple truths Be strong in the Lord and never give up hope You're gonna do great things I already tell you that I keep on praying love will find you where you are I know I've already been there please hear these simple truths be strong in the Lord and never give up hope you're gonna do great things I already know God's got his hand on you so don't live a life in fear Forgive and forget, but don't forget why you're here. Take your time and pray. These are the words I would say. One simple life to another. I will say, come find peace in the Father. Be strong in the Lord and give up hope you're gonna do great things I already know God's got his hand on you so don't live life in fear forgive and forget don't forget why you're Aren't they awesome? You can give them another hand of applause. <laughs> Holy moly. God is, God is some sweet business, I'm telling you. I want to start off by asking the mothers to stand, if you wouldn't mind, so we can honor you. And uh, Kenneth, what's that? Keep standing. And um, everyone else, let's uh, acknowledge, hold your hands out, and affirm after me. We love you. We We bless you. We We appreciate you. you. And we behold the Christ in you. you. 
thanks for sharing your day with us. Amen. I, I, I think it's awesome being a mother. You know, I, I really do. I think it is some sweet business to be a mother. I, I think it's a, a powerful opportunity. I mean, when we can hold, when you can actually hold life inside of yourself while God is knitting that life inside of you, that's some sweet business to me. When you're one with your child, we get the opportunity to do that. I love that. I love that so much. Um, I have been uh, pondering all, for the last two weeks, and I missed you guys. I really did. I missed you. Um, I know you were in good hands, but I, I still missed you. It's like, you know, when you, you have somebody babysit for you, and then you say, how did they do? I asked them, how did you do? I'm just kidding. <laughs> they said you were good. I, I knew you were. I knew they were good, in good hands, and I knew you were in good hands. I heard this cute little story about this lady who was um, pushing a shopping cart in Walmart. And she had a little girl, her daughter was in the, in the shopping cart, screaming her head off and upset and screaming and having a fit. And so the mother starts talking to her out loud and she's saying, it's going to be okay, Ellen. She's saying, calm down, Ellen. Just calm down, Ellen. And she's saying, in a little while, we're going to be on our way home, Ellen. And one of the clerks, one of the Walmart clerks, heard that and saw how patient she was being. She walked up to the lady and was like, that is so awesome how patient you're being to your daughter, Ellen. And she said, what? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we have to calm ourselves down so that we can have that patience to calm our kids down. Can I get an Amen. amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know, it was funny, wasn't it? So, I was, as I was thinking about a mother's love, that title came to me, A Mother's Love. But it's more than that. I was thinking about the times in my life where no one, would, no one could do it but my mother. Like, no one could be there to soothe me like my mother. You ever have moments in your life where there could be nobody there but your mother who could help you feel better? Especially when you're little. You know, you've seen babies that you take them out of their mama's hands and they start crying, like, all right, I'll give them back. <laughs> and there are those times when I miss my mother so much because, you know, she was there for a lot of things. So what is it in a mother's love? That's the title of my talk today, A Mother's Love. What is it in a mother's love that our soul, that our heart, that we desire so much? What do you think it is? Throw it out there. Unconditional. Unconditional. Understanding. Understanding. Compassionate. Compassionate. What else? Comforting. Comforting. Trust. And I love the unconditional love. I've even moved it further to total acceptance love. What else would you say did you get from your mother that your soul is seeking? I didn't hear you. Good meal. Good meal. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. My mother was a good cook, and I'm glad I learned well. I remember um, when I invited Howard over to breakfast one time, and he was eating, and I had told him, I'm a good cook. He was like, okay, and I thought he believed me. He was eating, he was like, this is actually kind of good. I'm like, actually kind of good? What? <laughs> what? 
He was like, no, people say they're good cooks, but not everybody's a good cook. And I was like, well, now you have proof that I am. And he is evidence that I am too. So, nurturing, love, uh, good meal, compassion, truth, wisdom. There are a lot of these things that we seek from a mother, right? Go ahead, Rob. See how God works it? That's exactly what I was going into. It's that connection of oneness. We want to have that feeling of that connection of oneness. You don't remember it, probably, from when you were in the womb. But when you were connected to your mom in that safe space, everything you needed was supplied to you in that moment. Everything you needed was supplied to you. Everything you needed to nurture your body was supplied to you. The safety was there. The peace was there. Sometimes, unless your mama was going through some drama like I was when I was pregnant. But even in that space, the child was still safe. You felt this sense of security and peace and safety. And then we get birthed into the outside world. It's like, what? That's why the babies are crying. They're like, put me back, put me back. (laughs) And then Jesus says, you got to be born again. The reason why this means so much to me is because it hit me that when we are in our mom's womb and when we're carrying our kids, That is the first experience that we have of being in the absolute presence of God. That is ingrained in us during that time that we are with in our mother's womb. The first, we are alone. Jesus says to go into your closet and pray. And you are alone in that moment in the presence of God as God is knitting you in the womb. The mother has nothing to do with that. How you are created in the womb. That's God. Everything that you are was created in you, put in you, planted in you, imprinted in you when you were in your mother's womb. And it is a part of us that always wants to go back to the source to get that validation, that oneness, that connection. I remember when my kids were little, and you guys probably have had this too, you, they would be like, look, mama, look at me, look at me. Or at programs, it was so powerful to have your parents there. When they'd fall, they would, mother, they would look at the mama to see how they react. And I would say, get up, come on, let's go. And they'd get up, but if I go, ooh, they'd be like, ooh. And, and they would react in the same way. It has been shown that if a child, and I don't have the, the picture, but if a child has not been experiencing a mother's love, the brain does not develop fully. I saw a picture of a, uh, a three, three-year-old who was nurtured and his healthy, his brain was a nice size, probably about the size of a um, honeydew melon, or maybe a little bit smaller. 
I'm just using it. I'm using that as a demonstration. But then you take and look at a child who has not been, who has not been nurtured by their mother or experienced that, and it's about the size of a grapefruit. Mothers are important because they help us to grow. When you are born, let's go back even a little further. When a mom goes into contractions, there's this beautiful hormone that's secreted in the mom's brain, but it's also the hormone that causes you to have contractions. It's called oxytocin. It's the feel-good hormone that's produced when you're in love, when you're feeling good. You ever felt in love, feeling good? I'm like, okay. I just knew I was going to get a yay or an amen or a aha or a not me, something. <laughs> okay. Y'all being a hard group, a hard group today. I'm not used to that. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, oxytocin. Okay. There's beautiful things in this. The same feel-good hormone that causes pain to push the child out, to give birth to the child. The child is uh, secreted with it as well through the umbilical cord. It's pumped up in the child too. There's two reasons for this. Number one, so the woman would say, I don't want to do this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the woman, while she's saying that, will still have an experience and an anticipation and an excitement of the child that's coming out. And it's also to dope up the child, you know, the, the child, that's why they can't open their eyes, they're so high. It's like, woo, you gotta spank them so they go, ah! Because they're high off that oxytocin. But really, the oxytocin is a relaxation for the child, and it also creates an anticipation in the child to be received by the mother as well. So it's a twofold there. It causes the contractions to push, which causes pain, but it also causes the mother to anticipate and feel good that she's about to have a child. And it also causes the child to be kind of in a relaxed space while they're going through that trauma of being pushed into the world. God always takes something that's powerful and hurtful and brings something good out of it, doesn't God? Always. God will always take something. What you mean for evil, as Joseph said, God makes it for good. The oxytocin is that expression, that feeling that the child wants to feel again. That oneness is what the child wants to feel again. There's two other things. The presence of God. So it's the oneness, which is a connection Rob was talking about as well. It's a, it's a physical connection, so when you hug, you feel the presence of your mom. It's ingrained in your consciousness, and the child is ingrained in the mom's consciousness. So that way, that wherever you are, you can have that moment. When you have a moment, you think about your child. You're feeling the child. You know to pray for that child. Is that oneness is there. And when the child is seeking you out, you know what to say to that child because you're connected to the child. But men are that way, too. In Genesis, the Bible says that male and female created he both, created he them. So within the woman, the reason why single moms can step in the space of being a father figure as well is because they have the masculine in them. 
And the reason why there are fathers here who have raised their daughters or their sons and they've been able to be that motherly experience is because they have the mother in them, the divine mother in them. You have the fatherly love in you and you have the motherly love in you. And what your child is seeking is the connection of the two, the oneness of it. But there are some times when our mom and dad aren't there. And we can feel lost. You ever had a moment where you go to try to call your mom or go to be there and then they're not there? But you're still seeking it in your soul, right? As a matter of fact, when we look up what Mary, who is the mother of Jesus, means, because I was like, which mother can we use to be an example of how God would want us to be a motherly love? And I thought about Mary, Jesus' mother. And I looked at what it means. And Charles Fillmore, who is the co-creator of Unity, has this beautiful book called the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary that has every name in the Bible in it and the metaphysical meaning of it. It gives you the Hebrew definition of it or the Greek definition of it. And it gives you the metaphysical definition of it as well. I suggest you get that so you can use it as you're reading in the Bible to connect. Mary... The mother of Jesus represents the soul that magnifies the Lord daily in the temple. She was devoted. Her mom, just like Samuel, her mom and father devoted her to the church. So she grew up in the church and she was living in the church when she was told that she was going to have Jesus. So she is glorifying God daily in the temple when the angel comes to her and tells her she's about to have a baby. She goes, what? How am I going to have a baby? I haven't even been with Joseph yet. We're not married. An angel says, the baby will be of the Holy Spirit and of you. So she, she represents the soul that magnifies the Lord daily in the temple and through its devotions prepares itself for a higher life. How many of you are ready for a higher life? Only a few of us? Everybody's hands go up. Put up two. Put up your feet. I could put up, no, just kidding. Put up both feet at the same time. Those moments that our mother is not there. is because we are not meant to search for it from our mother. You cannot get fully satisfied from your mother, even though as a child you did in the womb, as you, you did in the womb. That was purposeful. That was so God could teach you and ingrain it in your subconscious how to, to completely rely on another. But when you are given birth, and when you have given birth, when you've been born, and you've given birth to your child, and you've been, the, the umbilical cord has been severed, they are no longer, the mother is no longer the total source of everything you need. But you've had that experience while you were in the womb with your mama. You had the experience with God when you were in the womb with your mama. At the moment that you are severed, when you get to a point where you walk, and you start making choices. When you get to the point where you realize there is this presence and this power in this world that is absolute good and absolute good absolutely, that is what your soul is really seeking. 
It is really seeking to celebrate the Lord in your temple, your body temple. You cannot get what your soul is seeking from your mother when you are born fully. There are some ways you can. They give you that advice, but that's God speaking. Because remember, the affirmation was that, thank you, God, I give thanks for the divine love that comes, the motherly love of God that comes in human expression. It's still God. God created us to show each other God. But God also created us to have our own individualized relationship with God within our own being. Go into another womb. Jesus told Nicodemus that you, Nicodemus, that you had to be born again. Born again to the consciousness of God. Moving into the womb of God. The presence of God that you knew in your mom's womb, the oneness that you knew in your mom, the dating, the love that you knew from your mom, you are meant to now get it from God. And we are too as mothers. That's the only way we can fully give our children what it is they need is if we tap into the source that is us within. Does that make sense? Are you ready to go to a higher level? I'm listening to God. God's working with me. The presence of the Lord is always with us. The only way you can build that relationship with your motherly God, the the divine mother within, is if you fully do the fourth unity principle. Now, these principles are not just here for us to say them and espouse them and just be, oh, we praising them while we're in church or, oh, we're going to do it and say it and just know it. No, we are supposed to have a relationship with God. And those of us who are seeking that from our mother, don't you know it's really your soul pushing forth to present that to your mother? To present that to your mother. To present the oneness that she shared with you. To present the divine love that she was to you. To give it back. Giving and receiving. To express a connection with your mother by giving her what she needs. Giving and receiving. To pray with your mother. How many of you had a praying mom? I did. I had to pray him out. As a matter of fact, I heard this story of this guy who was on a boat. He was, and I don't remember the cities. I'm just going to make it up. But I, I know it's a real story. I just don't remember the locations. But he's on his way far out on a ship. And then he was heading back. And the ship went down. And he survived. And he's floating in the water, floating in the ocean. And all of a sudden, another boat, another ship comes by and picks him up. And so now he's heading the other way. And that ship drowns, goes down. He's floating again. A third ship comes by. This is true. And and next time I'll I'll figure out the specifics and I'll tell you the the name and everything. But that boat picks him up, takes him back home. He's going back home on the third boat. That one sinks. This is real. A fourth boat comes, coming the other way, picks him up. That one sinks. 
A fifth boat comes by, picks him up. It didn't sink. But while he's on his way, on his, on his, his ride back home, the captain is, they're all celebrating him and they're listening to his, his incredible, amazing story. And then one day, the captain comes up to the guy and says, you know, I have a big favor to ask you. Since we saved your life, I have a big favor to ask you. Can you please uh, do something for me? And the guy says, sure. You saved my life. I will do anything to you. I'm indebted to you. He said, there's this older lady down in the cabin who's been traveling with us for a while. And she's on her deathbed. And she keeps saying, I want to see my son. I want to see my son. Now, this lady's been on this boat a while, so she knows all of us. So if we go in there acting like her son, she would uh, recognize us and know it's not us. Can you please, since she's never seen you before, can you please go in there and be there for her and her, while she's for her? Because that's her dying wish is to see her, her son. Can you go in there and act like you're her son? He says, sure, I will do that. So he goes and he hears this lady praying, I just want to see my son. I just want to see my son. I don't want to die, God, till I see my son. Please let me see my son. So he goes in and he looks over, sees the silver-haired lady. And he's like, that's my mother. It was his mother. And she had been praying for him all that time. And she knew he was alive. And she had been looking for him 10 years. It had been him going back and forth, going back and forth. And he, she had been on her way back home from looking for him and praying to God, let her see her mother before she dies. It was her son. She was a praying mama. She was a praying mama. How many of you are praying mamas? When you are a praying mother, you know that you are not your child's oneness. Some of us, I, I've seen a little come, some mothers who are so enmeshed in their child's love, it is hard, in their child's life, it is hard to let them go. But when you are a praying mother and you have that relationship with God because you have meditated, you have sat with God, you have prayed with God, you have denied the fear that kept you from holding your child and making your child, being overprotective of your child. When you have moved into a space where you have a deep relationship with God and you're still growing in your relationship with God and your love, your motherly love is coming from God, you will let your child go. And you will pray for their oneness with God. You will pray that they experience divine love and God's motherly love in whatever way God chooses fit, including you. And you will pray that they have a connection with others that is the divine love and expression that you are. You will pray that they will receive it from other people, not just you. If you think it's just coming from you, you are limiting your child from experiencing what God has from the world to give to your child. God has so much to share. But then you're limiting yours too because you're so focused on this child. You don't get to share your love with other people. You don't get to receive the love of God with other people. And you don't get to spend your time with God because you're so focused on that child. Praying mamas, those who are in the truth of a mother's love, seek that their child have the oneness with God that they have, that they shared with their child. They seek that their child has a relationship with God and receives the divine love, the divine motherly love that they give their child from God, not just them. And those who are in a mother's love know that the connection 
that they feel with their child will never leave them, ever. You ever heard of someone who's had an ampu- uh, a limb amputated, but they can still feel pain? Don't you know when you are severed from your child with the umbilical cord, it is still a connection. And as you lift up, they lift up. But as they lift up, you do too. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that some sweet business? There is this scripture that I want to just work on for a minute, and I'm going to close. I'm not going to work too long. Guys, work me a lot already. Isaiah 66, 13, which is the same thing that was in daily, the daily word. I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. When you are working in a mother's love, you want that for your child. Now, let's talk about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is that consciousness of peace. It's that habitation of peace. When you're in the womb of God's consciousness, there ain't nothing but peace there. Amen? Amen. There ain't nothing but connection there. Amen? Amen? The wisdom that you need is there, right? The love you need is there. The nurturing and comfort you need is there even more powerfully than your mother can give it to you. Don't you know it is God guiding your mother to give it to you in the first place? I will comfort you in Jerusalem. I will comfort you as a mother comforts her child. Today, as we celebrate our mothers, let us celebrate the idea, and as we celebrate as mamas too, Let us celebrate the idea that God is our Jerusalem. And as we stand in God, we will receive comfort, and we pray that for our children as well. That in that comfort, in Jerusalem, in the consciousness of their relationship with Christ, with God, the Christ within them, they will receive everything that we can give them and more. Does that make sense? Everything and more. A mother's love is so powerful. I promise you, oh man, I'm a mother's love. I miss my mama, but I tell you what, she is in Jerusalem. She's in Jerusalem. And all I got to do is go inside and tap there, and I feel my mama's presence. And everything I need is there. A mother's love is powerful. But the love of God supersedes it. I pray for every single one of you right now in this moment that you experience more fully. Today and the rest of your life, it just keeps on expanding. The power of the love of God, the mother love of God, beyond all your understanding, that you will not seek to receive it from someone else but you will seek to give it. Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. I'm done.
Heaven.